It's a privilege today to come and speak with you. When I retired seven years ago, I asked the Lord, I want to do something that's constructive. I want to be able to be a blessing to someone and uh, not just sit at home. And so uh, it wasn't too long after that. My brother-in-law called from Atchison, Kansas, north of Kansas City, down here to Texas. And he said, Joe, how would you like to make some money on the side? And I said, well, now you're talking. And uh, he said, well, uh, Kansas uh, State Parks and Wildlife asked if I and another person would be a, uh, a maintenance man for their uh, large camp there at Manhattan, Kansas. And I said, man, I'd love to do that. And so uh, for the last seven years now, we've been going to uh, Manhattan, Kansas, to uh, Tuttle Creek State Park. And um, what I like about it is that I leave my house at 4.30 in the morning with our camping trailer, and I get to... uh, give uh, tracts and papers out to the people in the, in the toll booths. And uh, I get to uh, stop on, when I get gas, fuel, and talk to people about Christ. And then when we got up to the camp, by the way, behind my back they call me the preacher. And, uh, but anyway, as I got to the camp, uh, the people were really receptive to God. To Christ, and they had a little church there. I'm able to preach every Sabbath or every couple of Sabbaths, and it's really unique. But as I got to the camp, the maintenance man up there just had a fit that I was coming because I could do electrical and do some other work, and he wasn't. He was. He was trying to do that type of work instead of having me come in and do that for him. So we got crossed up a little bit, and. Uh, but I want you to know when I left, I, we stay up there three months. And when we came home, um, this man, his name is Swede, he came up to me in, at the trailer and he says, Joe, he said, you know that great controversy you gave me uh, a couple of years back? And I said, yeah. He said, well, I'm reading that. Would you mind if I prayed for you before you left? And I said, thank you, yes. And so he prayed for me. And the... Uh, the um, what is it, patrol officer uh, had prayer with him and his for his daughter's birth and gave him a great controversy. So I'm constantly being able to have a witness where I'm at. And it was the last morning, and I um, it was at 4:30 in the morning, and I kicked the tires on my trailer. I checked in, make sure everything was okay. I have a 30 foot fifth wheel, and uh, I asked the Lord before I left, Lord, keep all your little animals out of the road and uh, let your angels of strength hover by my side and uh, protect us as we travel. And as we were going down the highway, we were praising the Lord, listening to uh, Doug Batchelor and his sermons and just having a great time till 10 o'clock. I thought, you know, I really need to pull over, check this trailer. And we were... Well, probably about 30 miles north of Topeka, Kansas. And I went out and I checked my trailer and all things looked good. Got on the 
on the, uh, the driver's side, and I looked, and we only had one wheel on the camper instead of four that we're supposed to have. And I looked, and the thing was red, had been red hot, and uh, the whole tire had come off the rim and the tire, brand new tires. And I thought, well, what in the world is this all about? And so I limped on up to a, a quick trip, and there was a guy filling up a bunch of gas cans, and I said, is there any way, this is Thursday, is there any way that a guy could um, get his trailer fixed? He said, well, it's about 60 miles um, on further down, there's this place, but he said, uh, uh, there's a trailer place just six miles from you. Why don't you try that? But I know for a fact he's, he's uh, um, five weeks behind times on trailers, so he probably don't really have time for you. And I pulled into his place, and he wasn't really happy to see me because he could see that I only had three wheels on the ground, and he came up and he said, uh, he said, I'm, I'm five weeks behind. He said, I can't do anything for you. And I said, you know, before I left, I had prayer with the Lord. Oh, he said, if the Lord's involved, then he said, I'll help you. <laughs> so, so anyway, we, we, uh, we pulled in there and within the next morning, he had a new axle, new tire and everything on that trailer. But as I was leaving, I was talking to the cashier, which is his wife. His name, her name is Pam. His name is Boop. But anyway, I was talking to them. I said, how are you doing in church? And she said, well, she said, for 20 years we've been going to this popular church in town. And we're just not satisfied. So last week we quit that church and we're going to another one. And... Um, I said, you know, I've got something here that could really be a blessing to you. And I said, I have a great controversy, and I told her what it all entailed. And I have a set of Bible study guides from, uh, um, uh, what is it? Um, no, but it's close. We'll just say amazing facts. I was trying to think of... of uh, uh, There you go. We're supposed to be having remembrance and forgetfulness today on our lesson study. But anyway, let's just say amazing facts. They weren't, but they were uh, gifts of Bible prophecy. Anyway, um, um, in fact, the one that was in charge of that was um, um, HMS Richards. Which one was that? Do what now? Yeah, voice of prophecy. Man, I didn't think I'd ever forget something like that. Anyway, I gave that to her. And uh, another one on uh, Desire of Ages. And I told her about that one. She said, you know, we'll really read these. We'll take these studies because she said we're really looking right now for the right church. So I'm really praying for Boop and, and uh, Pam that they'll understand Christ. In my studies... Brothers and sisters, I was telling you this morning, I'm learning a lot in my older age to go down deep into those scriptures and start pulling things out 
that I had never noticed before. And it seems like more and more as I'm studying that the Lord is allowing me to dig down deeper and understand more, to tell more. And if you'll turn in with me to your, uh, in your Bible to Luke 10, 34 and 35, you'll notice this is the story of the Good Samaritan. But there's something about this story that made me start looking at it from the backside coming towards the front side of the story. And I've been doing that more and more. I'm trying to find what Christ is really trying to say to you and I today. You know, it's really great if you go back, way back, and you read their stories and what it meant to them, and we get a little bit of uh, uh, the cake, so to speak, from listening to their story. But this time... I'm finding out, are these times I'm finding out to put the story in mine and your time um, to understand what Christ has for us for end times. 34 and 35, we just read that, uh, Paul just read that, and um, so he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day he departed, he took out two denarii, two days' pay, and gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, Do what? Take care of him. And whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. To jog our memories, brothers and sisters, what is so unique about this story is that, let's turn to uh, look at verse 25 through 29. I want to open it up for the beginning here. 25 through 29. Luke 10, 25 to 29. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this and you shall live. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my what? Who is my neighbor? What I really enjoyed about this message is Ellen White's writings. I got got to start going deeper and deeper and digging a little bit more. Here in Desire of Ages, on page 499, it says, The Spirit of Prophecy states that No imaginary story, this was no imaginary story, but an actual occurrence, which was known to be uh, exactly as represented. The priest and the Levite was, uh, who the Levite was, 
who had passed the, on the other side were in the company of that storyteller, Jesus Christ, listening to Christ's own words. So as you start looking at the story, brothers and sisters, it wasn't a parable. Most of your Bibles, if you look at your Bible, it says this is a parable. This is a parable, just a story that Jesus told. It isn't a story that Jesus told. It actually just happened. In fact, as Christ tells this story, it's fresh off the press. It just happened that week. Now, as we go through here, it says this story, Christ... um, I wish I'd have brought my other glasses. Uh, As he told this story... This good Samaritan represents who? It says Jesus Christ. This good Samaritan is Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ loves to work down in our times. He loves to work down into the valleys and the rocks of life and the brambles. And he's seeking for those who are down and out. Have you ever found out about Christ? Have you ever been down and out yourself? And Christ comes into your life. And the more that Christ comes into your life, the more peace that passes all understanding that you have. But what I liked about this, it says, as you continue on the story, um, as long as we are speaking of Christ as the good Samaritan, then it's only Christ who has the strength and the power to lift a sin-laden person upon his beast of burden. Now let me ask you something. Who is this beast of burden? It's you and I. It is you and I. We are the beast of God's burdens. God has saved us. God has uh, given us all the wonderful things within this life. And so he comes to us and he says, All right, I'm going to bring this person to the end. What is the end? The end is the church. So Christ puts his beast of burden on the church, brings it to the church. We are the healers. We are the nurturers of the, of the, of the scriptures. Isn't that right? Don't we have a message to tell to the world? And that message that we tell is a wonderful life-saving God. That he heals all of our wounds. The first thing Christ did, you'll notice, is he put oil in what? Wine. What does wine do? Wine, brothers and sisters, is an antibiotic. And the first thing he did to this dying man is he put this antibiotic on the man. And then he rubs oil over the top of it, which seals that wound. Brothers and sisters, what is the scriptures to you and I? It's God's word, his message. The oil of the Holy Spirit works with us as we read, as we study I like here, it says that Christ then asked the pastor who is paid by the tithe and the offering, brothers and sisters, he says, I want you to take care of this person. So you see, as this story is transpiring, we also find out that Christ comes to this pastor of the Seventh-day Adventist church or whichever Christian church, and he says, I want you to take care of this person. He is paid by the tithes and he's paid by the offerings. And so Christ brings that person into the church 
and the pastor talks to his deacons and he talks to his elders and he talks to those with the talent that is needed and those people come to that person and they administer to him, look after him or her and nurture that person back to good health again. I love the story of Abraham Lincoln. I love his stories. In fact, a couple of years ago, I got a complete autobiography written of, of uh, Abraham Lincoln. During the Civil War, it says that he had um, heavy, heavy responsibilities. And early in the morning, to relieve these these pressures that he had on him, early in the morning, it says that he would get up and walk the dark streets like 4, 4.30 in the morning. And he would go up and down these streets praying and, and asking God for wisdom, for strength to, go, to carry on through that day. And it says he was walking along and all of a sudden he, he tripped over something in the road, something big. He fell down and as he was getting up, there was a little 12-year-old boy that got up that he had just woke up sleeping along the road. And he said... Young man, he said, what are you doing out here this early in the morning? He said, oh, he said, oh, I'm going to go see the president. Well, why are you going to see the president? Because they're going to shoot my brother. Well, who's going to shoot your brother? He said, the army is. Why are they going to shoot your brother? He said, because he fell asleep on guard duty. And he says, do you know the president? Abraham Lincoln says, do you know the president? No, but I know... He said that he knows Jesus. You know, brothers and sisters, that's enough for all of us. If, if that person knows Jesus, that's everything. But he says, this Abraham Lincoln tells this young boy, he says, if you're going to see the president in the morning, do you know where he is? No. Do you have anything to say to him that would help him? No. Other than that dad died and... He, and um, he needs to help get the garden and the, and the fields ready. He said he needs it. she needs him really bad. So Abraham Lincoln, he sits by this young man and he says, you know what, I know Abraham Lincoln pretty well. Why don't you let me go and talk to him? And this afternoon, why don't you come to his office and see how this trial turned out? And if you remember the story, the little boy, brothers and sisters, went to the office and he found out that Abraham Lincoln forgave his brother and he was to live and to garden for his mother. Brothers and sisters, we are to live and we are to be gardening for our mother, for our father, which is in heaven. He's coming. He's looking down. And as I get with some people that use rough language, as I'm witnessing, we've had a, a beautiful time going to businesses, brothers and sisters, and you ask them, would you like to have Bible studies in the morning? And two, two different people ask, yeah, we'd love to have you come for Bible studies in the morning, but you'll have to come before time starts. So we've had really good times, and one of them now, brothers and sisters, he's a welder, he's got a welding shop, and he's very interested in Jesus Christ, and he knows the message very well. We've been doing that for about two years now.
So God is asking each one of you, each one and myself, to go out into the vineyard, brothers and sisters. He's got wounded people out there that needs our help desperately. We need to be helping him. As we're coming towards the front of this message, let's look in Luke 10, 30 and 31. Luke 10, 30 and 31. Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down from that, I mean, came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. I, uh, find that sometimes administrators, brothers and sisters, they get so busy. You see, this priest, he was to administer the law to the people. He was to be a blessing to these people, these church members. But he fell flat on his face because he was cold and different. He didn't care about that person that was down in the ditch. You see, he had his good church clothes on. And there was nothing that he could do. He said he deserved what he got. He should have been with somebody else. He should have been two or three together where he wouldn't have got, wouldn't have got in trouble. So brothers and sisters, I want to tell you something right now. Never look to somebody for your soul salvation. Amen. You can only find Jesus Christ and him crucified and work with him. Luke 10.32 Likewise, a Levite, he had arrived at the place, came and looked, and passed by on the other side. Let's look a little deeper into this Levite's life. I thought this was really interesting. The Levite was also in his church clothes. What a beautiful service they had just had. As he's going towards Jericho, he goes through the valley And he sees this bloodied, uh, bruised man that is dying. And he is immediately convicted about this man. But alas, if 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 he touches this man, he would be unclean ceremoniously. Besides, with his good clothes on, um... Without his clothes on, this man could be a Samaritan. Now, Review and Herald, as I was looking for a little bit more information, Review and Herald, January 1, 1895. Listen to this. This victim of the robbers was of the same tribe as the Levites. I had never known that before. Many times as I've read these books, it says that this man was of the tribe of the Levites, the same one that had been overlooking at him. They might be related in some way or another, but he's also one of the same church members. And it says all of heaven was looking down upon him, wondering what his decision would be. And he turned and he walks away. Manuscript 117, 1903. 
It was their law of duty that the priest and the Levite, their law of mercy and kindness was plainly stated and it was their appointed duty to administer to just such a case. They were as the same temperament as their fathers who were led through the wilderness experience. Cold and indifferent, brothers and sisters. Here as we look at Desire of Ages 503, the Good Samaritan knew in his heart that if the tables were reversed, if he was the Jew coming and the Jew was the, was the Samaritan, that if it, the tables were turned, the Jew would walk over, look at the Samaritan and spit in his face and walk on. I didn't know that before either. Brothers and sisters, what an awesome responsibility in this world in which we live. We are in the death throes of this world. You look at our government. We're the laughing stock of United I mean of the world, of the of the world kingdoms. It's unbelievable what is happening within our country. My father would have rolled over in his grave if there was such a thing. He fought for the freedom of this country. And you look at what's happened today, brothers and sisters, and your children are trying to be put up with the mess that has happened. Let's look at Luke ten twenty five. Luke ten twenty five. And a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? You know what, brothers and sisters? Here is a prosecuting attorney trying to match wits with the attorney of the universe. And he just convicted himself. Who is my neighbor? You see, it was the priest, it was the Levites that were in that, what should I say, uh, group of people that were listening to this story that Christ told that had just happened that week. Don't you think that priest and Levite had their heads down hoping that he wouldn't mention any names? And the next thing you know, brothers and sisters, this lawyer, this fancy pants, so to speak, just condemned himself. He didn't know who his neighbor was. He was a church member, this lawyer. We're all church members sitting here today. God is asking you and I to give out the words of God like the leaves of autumn. We are to be having people ready for Christ when he comes. Let's witness. Let's tell others of a soon coming, a sin pardoning Savior that can cure all the aches and pains that we have. He is coming soon. He's even at the door. Amen. 
Let's, uh, let's have a prayer. Father in heaven, your Bible is so profound sometimes that we can't explain it. Other times, dear Lord, the youngest child can understand it and lead us to understand. We thank you, dear Lord, for your wonderful power and grace that you have given to us to be your servants, your beast of burden, so to speak. Come in, dear Lord. Trust us with bringing them to the church that we are able to show them the beautiful, loving, saving God that you are. In Jesus' name, amen.